0: 15. Respect all, fear none. Into the upper deck. Intensity is not a perfume. Hello, Utah Street. Five,
1: four, three, two, one.
0: From inside the warehouse at Oriole Park at Camden Yards, it is. The Masson All Access Podcast. And if you're watching live on Facebook and YouTube, you are looking live at left field at Oriole Park at Camden Yards, which is under construction on this Friday. Work in progress. Paul Mancano and Brendan Mortensen here with you. Busy week, Brendan. Neither of us anticipated this random week in the middle of January during a lockout. To be as news-filled as it has been, but it has been a jam-packed weekend, uh, with this Friday kicking off an exciting weekend, honestly, in Birdland. Yeah, I don't think either of us expected there to be that much
1: hoopla about this wall. Hubba! I mean, a, a hubba if you will. All of Twitter is uh, losing their minds over the new left-field wall at Camden Yards, so... We thought we might do an emergency podcast because
0: everybody is really freaking out. Uh, Speaking of losing their minds, we we are live on YouTube and Facebook and uh, already starting with six straight comments, I believe, from a guy named Paul Anthony saying boo. (laughs) Paul Uh, is is not happy. If that is not, this Paul is happy, that Paul is not. If this is not an indication of the kind of... Overreaction, I think you could say, but strong reaction, intense reaction to a what is really a minor change at Camden Yards. Uh, then I don't know what is, and it, yeah. you might hear in the background of this podcast construction going on because uh, that has been the case here over the last few days. Now, Brendan, we should talk about the changes that are being made to Camden Yards because it was announced officially yesterday, but. It was leaked and it was reported by uh, the Baltimore Sun and, and Nathan Ruiz a couple days ago. So essentially what's going to be happening is they are moving back the left field wall and they are raising the wall at Oriole Park at Camden Yards. They have provided renderings for us. Michael Elias just did a press conference, which we're going to discuss the key notes from that press conference. And we're going to discuss... How it might change baseball at Camden Yards and how it might affect both pitchers and hitters going forward. So, Brendan, let's get into the details of the changes first, starting with the dimensions of this new wall. Yeah, so with the
1: specifics of it, it appears that the wall is moving back about 26 and a half feet. That differs at some different points in the wall where left field, the corner is actually remaining the same at 333 feet. That's where the left field pole will be. And then it will slowly get back to to the left, most left field corner, which will be 400 feet. I, excuse me, that's in left center 400 yeah. feet. And then the leftmost left field corner will be about 380 feet. Michael I.S. did say that those are estimates, but it will be around that 380 feet and the 400 foot mark
0: there. And then the height of the wall itself is going from seven feet, which it currently stands at, to about 12 feet in height, I believe, or 13 feet in height. So these are estimates. The construction is still underway. They do anticipate the construction being completed by opening day 2022, which hopefully will be on time as we await the end of the lockout coming up. But look, uh, Oriole Park at Camden Yards has been, since the day it opened, a hitter-friendly ballpark. Now, this is not unprecedented as well. The ballpark has undergone several different changes. Most notably, the dugouts have changed over the years. The area right behind home plate has changed. Remember the center field bar didn't used to exist when this ballpark first opened. That area used to be much more open where the bullpens are. So this ballpark and the flag court has undergone several changes over the years as well. So this ballpark has undergone numerous changes. And I know as this ballpark turns 30, a lot of people are talking about the changes happening to this park not being necessary considering it is... Legitimately, one of if not the best ballpark in all of baseball, and I'm—I I haven't seen every ballpark in baseball. I am biased because I work here, but I completely agree. I think this ballpark is near perfect, but it's not perfect, and everything changes over time. And it's not like this is—you're—you're you're tearing down old Yankee Stadium or you're tearing down Wrigley Field. Wrigley Field has undergone changes. The much more historic ballpark is—they've added uh, the basket over the the center field wall, and they've added video boards at Wrigley Field. So ballparks change over time. It's part of the natural progression of things and of baseball. This is a reaction to the game of baseball changing dramatically over the last few years, Brendan. And I think as home runs have continued to fly over walls at an increasing rate, and at a ridiculously historic rate, as it has over the last few years, and in particular at Camden Yards, this is the Orioles reacting to this change and smartly attempting to not get ahead of it, because those days have passed. It's already a little bit too late for that, but trying to counteract what has been an issue in baseball, which is a lack of balls in play. We've heard it from people at the top. We've heard it from reporters who have covered this game. There are different ways to attack it. There's changing the baseball itself. There's creating new ballparks. There's changing swing paths. This is one way to attack it. You create more balls in play. You make the sport more entertaining. You make the game easier and more aesthetically pleasing to watch. So I think that this is a decision that has a lot to do with that. Yeah, and I
1: think a lot of the negative reaction surrounding this change is just that, like you said, Camden Yards is a beloved park. It's one of the most well-liked parks in all of Major League Baseball, and any changes to Camden Yards are probably a little bit scary for fans who have gotten used to the Orioles having one of the best parks in all of baseball, and that's not going to change. I I think it's important to point out, that moving left field back and raising that wall a little bit is not all of a sudden going to make Camden Yards a pitcher-friendly ballpark. I think it is going to change from a very extremely hitter-friendly ballpark to more of the league average. And a lot of people have mentioned that this is going to be a big benefit for pitchers, which potentially it could be. But when you are taking the pitchers out of the equation and looking at it more holistically, StatCast has a fantastic metric called park factor. And that's what I've been looking at when looking at the left field changes at Camden Yards here. Since 2015, we're really looking at the home run to fly ball ratio. 27 percent, over 27 percent of fly balls hit at Camden Yards since 2015 have gone for home runs, where the league average is under 24 percent. So a lot of fly balls that wouldn't normally be home runs at other parks are home runs at Camden Yards. And the left field has been the big culprit of that. And when you're looking at park factor, the Orioles have the fourth highest park factor in all of Major League Baseball. That's essentially just taking away the pitchers and a lot of different metrics that you can look at and solely breaking down what the ballpark is doing for balls that are put in play. So, for example, Coors Field has the highest park factor in all of Major League Baseball because that is a a well-known, hitter-friendly park. It's a large margin that they have the largest park factor. And Oriole Park, uh, excuse me, Oracle Park is the second lowest park factor because that's well known for being a pitcher friendly ballpark and camden yards currently ranks as the fourth highest just below coors field fenway park and the great american ballpark where the cincinnati reds play so this will get the orioles closer to league average
0: yeah and i'm glad you brought up normalizing that taking that stat and averaging it and comparing it to other ballparks where you remove the factor of pitchers and hitters because you see some stats, like some stats that I've seen from the article that initially came out when this news broke from the the Baltimore Sun saying Camden Yards has seen more home runs from 2019 to 2021 than any other ballpark, 655 total homers over that three-year stretch with Yankee Stadium being second on that list with 583. So that's a massive difference of over 60 home runs in that three-year stretch. And then from two to the middle of the pack, it's all bunched in there, which is to say that Camden Yards is allowing more home runs than any other ballpark by a large margin. The caveat to that is that Camden Yards has not housed a ton of excellent pitchers on the Oriole staff, and I get that it's difficult to remove the players from this equation because John Means has been an all-star caliber pitcher over the last three years. Nobody else on this pitching staff has. So it's difficult to separate that from what the Orioles have produced and how much of that is the ballpark's fault and how much of that is the pitcher's fault. So putting that, putting putting all ballparks on the same level, I think helps with that as well. And also understand this. If it hurts, up the, if it helps the Orioles pitchers, it also helps opposing pitchers. And the Orioles will hitters will be equally hurt by this as will every other team's. So while the Orioles are trying to normalize the ballpark in terms of dimensions, which may have an effect on pitchers and may help out pitchers, it's also going to hurt their hitters. This is a trade-off. It's not like this is a cheap way and a a, you know cheat code to be able to help their pitchers and win games it may it may have a slight effect on that but you're going to see fewer home runs from Ryan Mountcastle Trey Mancini Austin Hayes and Anthony Santander when he's batting from the right side of the plate so it's going to have an effect on Orioles hitters as well so the difference there is that it will help pitchers and the Orioles Over the last, since 2014, they've finished in the bottom 10 in baseball every single year in pitcher ERA, in staff rotation ERA. That's a problem. That has to change. The Orioles are addressing that by drafting players, by developing pitchers by trying to grow the arms that they have in system. It's not like they're making this change and that's all they're doing and they're, they're wiping their hands and they're saying, all right, we fixed the pitcher issue. Now we'll be able to sign any pitcher we want. Now we'll be able to make guys who would have a six ERA have a four and a half ERA and we've solved it. This is one step in a multi-step process in which the Orioles are attempting to improve the level of pitching that this team has had. Because we have seen some poor levels of pitching at the major league level from this staff. This is just one small step in helping that. And Michael Elias was careful to say today that he's not doing this to help out anybody on the current team. This is not a 2022 move where he's trying to say, we're going to make Zach Lowther and Alexander Wells and Bruce Zimmerman look a whole lot better with their ERAs. This is a long-term play. So that's what the Orioles are doing here by moving this wall back. Right, and it's, again, important to point out, like you said, that
1: this is not a move designed specifically to benefit Orioles pitchers because it's also going to have some different effects for Orioles hitters, specifically the power hitters like Ryan Mountcastle. Because when you look at the last 21 years, again, I'm going to go back to StatCast here because it does a really nice job of evening things out across Major League Baseball and just looking at the difference that the ballpark makes. The Orioles dating back to the year 2000 have had 18 out of those 21 years with above average home runs in terms of park factor. So the Orioles are giving up a ton of home runs at Camden Yards, but it's not just the Orioles. The Orioles have also been hitting a ton of home runs at Camden Yards. So this is not some detriment to the pitchers that have been here. And it's also important to keep in mind that while the home runs have been really high, Camden Yards has also been well below average when looking at doubles and triples. So it's really hard to get extra base hits when the left field is in as far as it was, because a lot of those balls that might be going for doubles or triples in other ballparks are going for home runs at Camden Yards. And I think f- a lot of fans would probably agree that when you watch games, sometimes there's just a fly ball hit to left field that off the bat you don't think has a chance. And it goes out for a home run because it's able to squeak into that first or second row of seats. And I think that's the issue that Mike Elias and the Orioles are trying to avoid going forward.
0: Yeah, and that's a baseball issue. That's not just a, a, an Orioles issue. Issue. that is happening everywhere in baseball, and getting more balls in play is an emphasis that is made across baseball because people understand that fewer balls in play, the three true outcome baseball, as they call it, where it's either a home run, a walk, or a strikeout, that's ultimately not good for the game long term. You want to see more balls in play, fewer foul balls, and fewer balls that go over the fence. So this will help combat that on a very small scale. In terms of how it might help the pitchers, though, Brendan, because I do think it will help the Orioles in their ability to court pitchers to come to Camden Yards. Mike Elias, over the last three drafts, has placed an emphasis on drafting hitters early, particularly college hitters, and saving pitchers for the last 10 or 15 rounds or so. We've talked about the reasoning for that. We think part of it is hitters tend to be safer than pitchers when you're drafting them early. So if you're going to commit a lot of money to a high draft pick, you're going to want to commit that money to a safer pick, i.e. a hitter. And then you take big swings on pitchers based off their traits later on in the draft. But it also means that likely, outside of Grayson Rodriguez, D.L. Hall, and hopefully one of the other mid-level prospects like a Kyle Bradish or a Kevin Smith or a Mike Bauman, the Orioles are going to have to Supplement their starting rotation with both trades and, in particular, free agents. One way you do that is by having a ballpark that caters to pitchers. And what have we said about Coors Field and the Rockies' inability to keep pitchers, good pitchers? If they have them, it's incredibly rare, and they try to lock them up for as long as possible— and then they go, if they go to another team, watch their ERA plummet. Look at John Gray, who's had a career ERA close to four and a half or five, get a massive deal in free agency because teams assume that ERA is going to drop once you take him out of Colorado. The Orioles will have a much easier time convincing free agent pitchers to sign in Baltimore by having a ballpark that is going to help their ERA and is going to. Eliminate those short fly balls in left field from going over the fence and hurting their ERA.
1: And again, it's important to reiterate there that Camden Yards is not all of a sudden. Going to become a pitcher friendly park it is probably going to be right around league average because a left-handed power hitter is still going to hit a lot of home runs at camden yards and even in left field even with it pushed back right-handed hitters are still going to be able to hit home runs here the left field wall is not all of a sudden going to be the longest in all of major league baseball it's just getting closer to league average so if you're a free agent pitcher Maybe you're not even necessarily looking at Camden Yards and saying, "Okay, that's a pitcher friendly park like Oracle Park in San Francisco where I can go and put up some better numbers. But over the last few years, it's been a place where free agent pitchers don't want to go because it's such a hitter-friendly ballpark that they know their ERA is going to inflate. So even if Camden Yards becomes right around league average, the Orioles are going to have a much easier time convincing a free agent pitcher that their ERA isn't going to balloon just because they're pitching half their games at Camden Yards.
0: And that's something Michael I specifically mentioned in his press conference that Pitchers want assurances like that. I mean, look at... This is throwing it back a ways, but when Camden Yards was first built, Rick Sutcliffe didn't want to sign in Baltimore because he wasn't convinced with the vision that the Orioles had at the time in 1991, 1992. It wasn't until he was brought to the ballpark, which was still under construction. They had just finished their final season at Memorial Stadium, and he was brought to this ballpark and stood on the pitcher's mound and given a baseball and said, you're going to throw out the first pitch of opening day at Oriole Park at Camden Yards. He signed an hour later. So to say that, that pitchers don't care about this kind of stuff, don't care about the ballpark that they're signing with or, or that they're going to be playing in for X number of years is ridiculous. They care about this stuff. They care about the ballpark that they're going to be pitching in. So th- this is a factor For any pitcher, and it is totally understandable, it's not just the direction of the team or the players who are currently on the roster or how much money they're getting. It's stuff like, am I going to look better after my time period ends? Am I going to be one of the better pitchers in the game? Is my ERA going to stack up with other pitchers who have played in this era? Or is it going to look bad? And I think that this is a major factor in courting pitchers. Again, the Orioles still have to do the other stuff well. We're not giving them a pass and saying that now they can avoid drafting pitchers and just focus on signing pitchers and free agency and trading for pitchers. They still have to have guys come up through their system and find success immediately. But this is just a small thing that should help the Orioles' ability to get pitchers.
1: And I don't think we're going to see any majorly significant differences. I think we're just going to see yeah, a, a little bit fewer home runs hit at Camden Yards. It's not
0: like they're moving all three walls back.
1: Right. By 10 feet. Right. But a lot of comments that we are getting, Paul, that I want to address to yeah. the, the little bit of the wonky design in terms of there being a pretty sharp angle when you are looking at the renderings as I'll pull them up again here. The left field corner looks a little bit sharp in terms of the angle that it takes from the left field wall to the bullpen. Mm -hmm. And there are some comments asking how that might work for a left fielder or a center fielder tracking a ball. And I think it's at least from the eyeball test, what we can see here from up in the warehouse is that it doesn't look like a left fielder making a throw to second base or third base or home is going to be obstructed in any way from that kind of sharp wall between the bullpen and the left field wall. It looks like they'll be able to still have a very direct line to second base if that's where the throw is going. So I don't think there's going to be any issues there.
0: This is difficult to explain without and the renderings do help, but without drawing it, But yes, essentially the way that we're understanding it and literally looking out the the window here at Camden Yards, the way that we understand this to be is that the wall will not impede any throw from that corner into the infield. There should not be... It's not like the wall is going to be in the way. If you're standing in that corner, it's not like if you throw the ball into second base, it's going to hit the wall. Right. The wall juts out past the infield. So... Essentially, you are going to have a clean angle into the infield. And I saw other comments about this player safety, and that was a question that was brought up to Mike Elias here. I don't imagine this. It's not like the, the old Minute Made ballpark in center field where you had a hill in center field along with flagpoles. There, I don't imagine any player safety issues ha- being here. And I know the wall does kind of stick out when you take away those seats next to the bullpen. But a center fielder would have to be playing incredibly deep and would have to take a direct angle into that corner and not be paying attention to where he's going to hit that wall. So I think that it, it is unlikely that it would get in a player's way. I think when you talk about it from a left fielder's perspective, it is a sharp angle. It's not leveled off. It's not at an angle where it, it is at a stark basically 90 degree angle so that it creates a a, a corner there. I would have a hard time. I'm not a physics, physics, you know, know, physics major in college. I, I would have a hard time imagining a ball going into the corner there and causing an issue for the left fielder. I don't imagine many balls hitting off that side wall. If it's at a 90 degree angle to home plate, I think a ball would have to be hit incredibly precisely to bounce off that wall. I think the only way it could hit that ball that wall is if it bounces off the left field wall first and then it hits off that side wall, which goes up against the bullpen. Does that make sense?
1: Yeah, absolutely. And as an example, obviously we don't have the Camden Yards <laughs> construction done yet, but I am seeing some comments on YouTube likening this
0: design to PNC Park. Which... Daniel, Daniel Ramos on YouTube saying, Paul, big science guy. Huge science. Huge science Call me dad. John Brinkus, because sports science is is my new show yeah
1: anyway pnc park which is by the way renowned as one of the nicest parks in all of major league baseball as you can see if you're following along on facebook or youtube has a similar design in left field where the left field wall is back further there's a pretty sharp angle going to the bullpen but at least from our knowledge, we haven't heard of any issues at PNC park where a ball is either getting stuck in the corner or there have been any injuries from a center fielder or left fielder that is running into that sharp corner or trying to make a throw somewhere. And they're not able to, I believe again, this is just from what my eyeballs are telling me looking out of the warehouse. I believe that the wall on the side from the bullpen where it meets left field, might be a little bit longer at Camden Yards than it is yes. at PNC Park. But the, the point being that the design here is pretty similar and it hasn't caused any issues in Pittsburgh.
0: Right, and I don't know how else the Orioles could have done this unless they created a less sharp angle between center field and left field. They created a wall that kind of bridged that gap there and then they extended that bullpen. It's not like they could have moved the home bullpen into center field do you know what I mean right so essentially that center field area which is just a basically a grassy berm and you have the big batter's eye wall I don't think that that would have been you know a, a, a possibility I think this is really the only way the Orioles could have done that except if they wanted to make that angle a little best less sharp however if they do make that angle a little less sharp then a 90 degree angle that could even create more chaos. I'm imagining for a left fielder, because if I I think of citizens bank park, if you know what I'm talking about, if you've been to a a game in Philly, there's a wall in center field in citizens bank park, which is not at a 90 degree angle to home plate. It is at a boy. I really don't know math. It is (laughs) at an angle essentially that allows for a fly ball hit to center field to ricochet off that wall. And careem into right center field. So it goes from left center field to right center field from one fly ball. And that creates a lot of inside the park home runs and triples because a center fielder is going full speed into the right into the left center gap. The ball Kareems past them. And then the right fielder has to come all the way over to field that ball while the runner is running around the corners. If they you know cut off that wall and made it less of a 90-degree angle at Camden Yards, that could be a major issue if a left fielder. If Austin Hayes is sprinting full speed into the left center gap and the ball bounces directly off that wall and Kareem's into the corner towards the foul pole, there's nobody that can come over and get that ball. So Austin Hayes or said left fielder would have to then change direction and sprint after a ball which could be going very fast into the left field corner, which you're closer to third base if the runner is trying to advance to third or come home on a triple or an inside-the-park home run. However, it could create more chaos, and I imagine that maybe even being a bigger impediment to a left fielder that could cause potential injury there.
1: Right, and Mike on Facebook pointing out that we are about as architecturally inclined as his pet dog, which is probably true and is also to say that we can speculate all we <laughs> want about how weird this wall might or may not be in left center field. But the point is that there are going to be fewer home runs because the wall is moved back and Camden Yards, whether there are some wonky plays or not, it's hard to speculate until we actually see it in game action. But there are going to be fewer home runs and Camden Yards is on its way to being a more major league average park when it comes to power numbers. And again, that we can speculate all we want about if there's going to be any weird plays there. But the point is that they are getting closer to league average, which is the goal of Mike Elias and Sigma Dell in this move. Exactly. So
0: essentially, other ways that it might affect the actual game being played on the field, the height of the wall is going to remove home run robberies. Personally, from my standpoint, I love home run robberies. I think it's one of the best parts of the sport. And when you have a 13-foot wall, that creates a potential for a Jeffrey Mayer incident that we don't want to see, where a player cannot reach the ball, a fan could reach over the wall and catch it before it comes down. Rules have changed since the 90s. We know that that would be fan interference at this point. So it creates the possibility for that. Whereas that was less of an issue when the wall was seven feet tall and a player could leap over fan interference was slight, you know, that's not a big issue there because the player has pretty good access to the ball where a fan would not. So I don't imagine that being uh, a huge issue, but it is something to keep in mind. So you're not going to see, we saw Austin Hayes, we saw Ryan McKenna last year make a great home run robbery in left field. So that is something that could change with that. And then you're also going to see balls that go off the wall that guys are not prepared for. You know, pretty much given Ryan McKenna and Austin Hayes' speed, they could get to pretty much any ball that was hit off that wall. Unless it was an absolute screamer line drive that hit the left field ball and they had to get it on the bounce. Typically, they would have the speed to be able to get to a ball which was close to the wall, unless it was hit really in the left center field gap or unless it was hit, like I said, like 110 miles an hour. So you're going to see Austin Hayes and Ryan McKenna and anybody who plays Kyle Stowers, anybody who comes up and plays left field for the Orioles over the coming years, have to be able to learn to take balls off the the wall like that. But look, guys play in Fenway, the Orioles play in Fenway 10 times a year. They're used to being different ballpark factors affecting them. So I don't imagine that being a huge issue either. You take X number of, you know, shagged balls off the wall in exhibition games, before games, the Orioles have a replica Camden Yards down at the Ed Smith Stadium Complex in Sarasota, Florida. Michael Eis did say there are no current changes planned for that, where they're going to raise that wall. But honestly, how much of a change, how much of a difference is that going to make? How long is spring training even going to be for this season? We have no idea. So maybe that'll change down the line. But again, it, it's going to affect fielders. I'm not saying it's not. But it's not going to have this massive change where it's going to turn Austin Hayes into a 10 defensive run saved left fielder into a negative five defensive run saved left fielder.
1: But that's also important to point out that it's not like the Orioles defensively have been trying to hide somebody in left field. Austin Hayes, by... Every metric you can look at is an above average defensive left fielder because he's naturally a pretty good defensive center fielder. So if you're going to make a change to left field, this is a pretty good time to do it when you have Austin Hayes, who is one of the better defensive left fielders in the league. Ryan McKenna, we haven't seen him play a ton of left field. He's bounced around a little bit, but he's incredibly athletic and will probably be able to adjust to these changes pretty quickly. And again, like you said, Paul, it's not like these players are not used to playing with weird walls anywhere else in Major League Baseball you mentioned Fenway Park they play in other parks that have pretty similar dimensions to this they've played in Pittsburgh before where they have a similar wall construction so I this is not going to be brand new to the Orioles one of the cool things about Major League Baseball is that every stadium has different construction so the players are used to playing with different dimensions but Austin Hayes I think while it is an adjustment, is a very good defensive left fielder that I would put my money on being able to adjust very well to this change.
0: And it's not like Austin Hayes has been playing in Camden Yards for 10 years. Right. It's not like you have Adam Jones in center who's been playing here for 10 years. You're going to have a lot of rookies coming up who have never played this wall before. So they will be on the same level as a lot of every other player who comes through Camden Yards and has this new wall. It's not like these guys have, are going to have their worlds turned upside down because they've been playing with this same wall for so long. But we are, of course, curious to hear what you have to say, and we are trying to take some comments, taking some comments, some people saying, uh, this is a bore. Don't watch (laughs) would be my advice then. Wow. You don't have to. Think About everything else you could do on a Friday than watching two guys in a studio talk about
1: a wall. Emergency podcasts. I I mean, this is not our regularly scheduled programming, by the way. No, exactly. This is our emergency broadcast. Emergency.
0: Everybody has been freaking out. We talked earlier, Brendan, two days ago. We were saying there's no need to do an emergency podcast for something like this. And then Twitter exploded. That they did. Over a wall being changed in left field. It's not like they're changing. They're knocking down Camden Yards. They are moving the wall back. It is it is exciting. I get it. It's not that big of a deal. It's not going to end the world. And they are taking out 1,000 seats, which I understand. However, this ballpark still holds, what, 44,000, 45,000 fans? So it's not like it's going to be a massive change. And if seating capacity becomes an issue at some point down the line when the Orioles are a playoff team... I imagine the Orioles will have some kind of plan in place to combat that. That's also a
1: very good problem to have.
0: Yes, exactly. If
1: you do not have enough seats in the
0: stadium to fill demand. Changes to ballparks happen all the time. And no ballpark ages perfectly and gracefully. So the Orioles are just making this slight change. And honestly, think about it this way. The way that Mike Elias and his front office have invested in this team shows a long-term vision that we have not seen in a long time. It shows the fact that they are willing to make changes now that will affect the team in 2023 and 2024 and 2025. Investing in the international market. We're going to go live tomorrow, and we're going to talk to Kobe Perez about the new international signing period, which begins tomorrow, and the Orioles are expected to sign a couple guys in the top 50 and we'll bring in a ton of players in that new international signing period. We're all going to be 16, 17 years old, which means they're not going to come up to Baltimore for a long time. Michael Elias is not a short-sighted GM who's focused on keeping his job for another year or two, which is oftentimes how you see major mistakes happen across baseball as teams make short-term, short-sighted decisions and they dig themselves into holes that, from which they cannot get out. Mike Elias knows, he he came into the Camden Yards and he came into Baltimore knowing what he had in front of him, which was a smaller market team in one of the best ballparks in baseball with almost no international presence and a very decreased level of talent in the minor leagues. And he has done things over the last three years to make those positive changes over the years. He's making changes that he knows are going to benefit the Orioles years down the line. He's not focused on... Worrying about how can I make the short-sighted short-term? How can we get this one veteran on the short-term deal? And we'll sign this guy to a a huge contract for seven years. And if it doesn't work, I will be fired anyway. So it doesn't matter. Teams do that all the time. And it's terrible business. And the Orioles are not doing that. They're making a change now that Michael I said, this is not 2022 vision here. This is not focusing on how this is going to affect pitchers in 2022. He's focused on... How is this champion how am I going to build a championship team and how is this team going to perform on in the best possible situation at Camden Yards? Right Rant and, over.
1: And everything that you just pointed out there Paul is a baseball move. I think it's important as people are looking at the changes here a lot of people are asking what season ticket holders who had those seats might be doing. Michael Ias and company will have that planned out, I'm sure everything will get straightened out. But the fact of the matter is that this is a baseball move that Michael Elias believes will help the Orioles again. And while it will impact fans in terms of buying seats and where they'll be sitting and things like that, it's to benefit the baseball team. Yeah. It's to hopefully entice more free agent pitchers to sign in Baltimore. It's to reduce the rate. Of fluke home runs that we see in left field at Camden Yards, increase the rate of extra base hits by a lot of speedy guys that are currently on the team and probably speedy guys that will be on the team in the future, and it will produce probably better baseball and more of the product that fans would like to see overall, because Paul, you mentioned earlier on in the podcast that one of the things that fans have complained about is this three true outcome of baseball where you're either striking out, walking, or hitting a home run, and this move is going to lead to more things like doubles and triples and more of the game that fans want to see rather than some of the fluke home runs that we have been seeing at Camden Yards. So I think overall, this is going to lead to a better baseball product for the Orioles. And it's not a short-term move, like you said. Hopefully this will benefit the team for years to come. And that is the thinking behind making this change.
0: And I do not think that these are at all related I think this is just circumstance and coincidence, but I will say the last three top players that the Orioles have drafted, Brendan, all hitters, switch hitter in Adley Rutschman, left-handed hitter in Heston Kerstad, left-handed hitter in Colton Cowser. Right-handed hitters are going to be affected the most by this change, not left-handed hitters. Left-handed hitters are still going to have the same distance to reach the flag court and the warehouse potentially. It'll, help, it'll potentially hurt Adley Rutschman on the if he's batting from the right side of the plate, but left-handed hitters are going to still have all the advantages of the hitter-friendly elements of the flag court, of that wall. How many times do we see balls that a a right fielder should be able to reach in another ballpark, but because the flag court wall is so far in that balls hit off the wall and that's an automatic single or automatic double, that's still going to help left-handed hitters. Like Michael I said, this is a, This is still going to be a hitter-friendly ballpark. You're still going to see a lot of offense and a lot of runs scored at Oreo Park at Camden Yards. It's just going to be a little bit closer to what we see from other teams around baseball.
1: Yeah, Romeo Santos on Facebook pointing out that he is right-handed, so Romeo, it might hurt your home run numbers a little bit. But even for guys like Ryan Mountcastle and Trey Mancini, they're still hitting the ball hard a lot of the time. We didn't see a ton of fluke home runs for those guys, so maybe the balls that were home runs before might just turn into doubles for Ryan Mountcastle and Trey Mancini. So while it will have an impact on them You're really just trying to eliminate some of the home runs that would not be homers in most other parks around the league. And like you said, Paul, this is probably still going to be an above average hitters ballpark. It's just not going to be the fourth friendliest hitter ballpark like it has been for the last 20 years.
0: Uh, We have so much more. Is there any any other final thoughts that you have or any other comments you want to address, Brendan? Well, somehow we have been
1: talking for over half an hour i think about <laughs> about a wall about a wall that is moving back about 30 feet will probably not eliminate that many home runs no And boy, we've been rambling about it for a while. We're we're talking about this not being a big deal, but we're talking about it for a long time. It's a big deal now, Paul.
0: Yeah, exactly. All right. Well, Brendan, this was not the biggest thing that we wanted to talk about this week because we have a show planned for tomorrow, as mentioned, for the international signing period beginning. It used to be J2, which was July 2nd. Pandemic in 2020 moved it to January 15th, and that's where they're keeping it for the short term, which means the Orioles... Tomorrow, we're going to announce a ton of signings of young international prospects, and we will have full coverage of that as we talk to Kobe Perez. There have already been some reports about guys that they're linked to, some exciting young prospects that could be coming to the Orioles-Dominican Summer League rosters over the next year, uh, and it's, it's going to be a good conversation, Brendan. I'm excited to see the names that have not been reported yet uh, that will be joining the Orioles.
1: Yeah, another recent move there in the Michael Elias era that the Orioles have been a lot more involved in the international market, which has led the way for a lot of teams around baseball. But we'll get into more of that tomorrow. It's going to be exciting. There are some exciting young prospects that could be coming to Baltimore. If you even want to look at the current top 30, two of the guys that the Orioles signed at this time last year are already top 25 prospects in the Orioles system. So we could have more on the way.
0: Uh, One other comment that I do want to that I just saw was the Cal Ripken seat, which of course was marked out in left field and that area is going to not include seats anymore and they are going to be using that seat I believe as part of an exhibition which they're going to have at Camden Yards for the 30th anniversary, which 2022 will be a celebration of the 30th anniversary of Camden Yards. So I'm not sure exactly how that's going to be incorporated in there, but they're going to have a short-term home for it in the exhibition, and I'm sure they will find a long-term home for that seat as well.
1: You know, hot take here. I think you just stick it in the field, <laughs> in left field. Create
0: an impediment for... Yeah. Right. Hey,
1: who knows? Honestly, Could be fun.
0: suspend it so that it is at the exact height. You know, you you get no, rid of everything around that, yeah. except you have one concrete block at the exact height and spot that it would have been. Right. And then you just see how guys, you know, you just see how you uh, field off that wall.
1: Right. I, I mean, you know, our, our Facebook comments would not agree, but I don't know why we weren't the architects for this.
0: No, exactly. Yeah, they should have some kind of marker, I believe, for you know, Babe Ruth's dad had a bar out in center field, this, right. this area, put the bar back
1: in center field,
0: <laughs> yeah. just keep the it. center. I wonder how close the center field bar currently is to where Babe Ruth's dad's bar was originally back in the 1910s or twenties where it was, you know, some kind of or let's bring in an archeologist. We're going to bring in as, as our commenters have pointed out, we know nothing about architecture or, uh, you know, or science. apparently archaeology now so archaeology. or math <laughs> or physics. Yeah. Um any so of the above. we're gonna we're gonna bring in some experts. Or baseball, apparently, or, according or to baseball. the comments as well. Yeah, we just don't know anything. All right. Well, we're going to go live tomorrow afternoon. So join us then. Thank you so much for tuning into this emergency podcast. And of course, on Tuesday, we have part two of the All Earl Weaver draft. If you haven't caught part one, go back and listen to it on all your favorite podcast platforms or watch it on YouTube and Facebook as we draft the best players from the all Earl Weaver era. Brendan is at Brendan Morty on Twitter. I am at Paul Mancano. Thanks so much for tuning in and we will see you tomorrow.